Hello and welcome to the first podcast of Representation in Tech by Impression. This series is intended to educate listeners on the importance of representation in tech and the issues faced by underrepresented communities in the industry. I am your host for today. My name is Safran Shagil and I am a digital PR exec and a CSR member of Impression. And today I'm joined by the fantastic Azim Ahmad, who is a digital marketer with over seven years experience in multi-channel marketing. Azim is a superstar who regularly hosts his own podcast, speaks at international conferences and also judges um, Global Marketing Awards. Welcome Azim, how are you? Hello, I'm very well thank you, that was a lovely introduction, thank you very much. We like to butter up our guests. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it would be really great if we could get a little introduction from you and a little bit more about why you're speaking with us today and how you got to this kind of point in your career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so other than the fantastic introduction that you've just given, <laughs> um, like you said, I've been in the marketing industry. It's, it's probably almost eight years rather than uh, seven. Mm-hmm. Now, but I've done all sorts of things in terms of marketing. The the TLDR version is basically if you could put an advert on that platform, the chances are I've probably uh, been involved in it in some aspect. Um, and again, I've got my own podcast, the Azim Digital Asks podcast, little smart plug there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of me and where I am uh, and, and why we're having this conversation today, I think uh, as I started to progress through my marketing career marketing conferences were a very big uh, thing for me so I went out and I thought well who better to learn from than my peers in the industry and I started to go to conferences and then there was one sort of moment at a conference where full disclosure I'd sort of like checked out from what was being said and I just had a look around and I thought it just hit me all at once like I think I'm probably the only non-white person in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then checked back into the talk, went back home, and I thought, well, I'm going to start to look into this a little bit more because maybe is that just a one-off experience for me or is this legitimately like an issue within the industry? And then fast forward uh, a few years, it, it, it's a massive, massive thing, and I'm, I'm sure we will we'll get onto it later on. Um, but it, it's a huge, huge, uh, well, let's call it what it is. It's a huge issue, which is uh, starting to be looked at. And, and I'm hopeful that things will progress or, or you know, sort of improve uh, further down the line. Fingers crossed and touch wood. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is really something that we are looking to raise awareness of with this kind of series is to work with, Um, people like yourself to drive a better represented workforce in our industry because you know we are recognizing that this is a really big problem um, and that's thanks to people like you Um, so that's kind of the driving force that made you want to start like looking into it Um, could you kind of describe a little bit more about what we mean when we say diversity and inclusion in the context of, of marketing Absolutely. Um, so for me, uh, and I'm going to sort of steal a line from my uh, Bryson SEO talk, uh, 
which I've used in the past. It's absolutely not mine. But essentially, the, one of the things that I'd read in the past when I was reading up on this, that the difference between um, diversity and inclusion, the difference is being invited to the party and having a great time at the party. Uh, and I think that is literally the best sort of one-liner that sums it up. There's often... For me, you'll hear a lot of exhales and deep breaths because a lot of frustration underneath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, I think those two terms are often um, confused, for want of a better word, or misinterpreted. But the best way that I can sort of describe it to people who are wanting to learn more about the subject or who may be confused themselves is by using that one-liner for sure. Okay, perfect. Um and why would you say that for our listeners, why is this an important like, issue for them to get involved with and why does it matter in the industry? So the answer to this, again, exhale, sorry. <laughs> the answer to this, I think the best way to describe it to, to anybody, uh, but specifically to those who are in positions where they're actively looking to hire people in this industry is that it literally makes you more money. So from one of my previous Brighton SEO talks, um, I've mentioned in the past that diversity, and just let me sidestep for a second. When I talk about diversity in this sense, I don't necessarily mean hiring people who've got different cultural backgrounds. I'm talking mm -hmm. about diversity of age or diversity of geography or diversity of gender essentially coming back to the point i was about to make when you have um, a leadership team for example that is all male they will make a good decision uh, i think it was 58 percent of the time so just over half of the time an all male leadership team uh, which sidestep again there are a few uh, companies in this industry still largely white male led they'll make a good decision uh 58 of the time when you activate all of the diversity characteristics that i've mentioned you make a better decision 87 percent of the time so it's literally around about 35 percent higher so you stand to make more money simply mm -hmm. by hiring people who are more diverse than your current group of employees and diverse in every aspect, like I mentioned, age, geography, gender, but not necessarily hiring them into entry-level roles, get them into the boardroom, get them into yeah. the room where the decisions are made. Mm -hmm. Various research, uh, so the, the research that I just mentioned there was from a company called Until Inclusion and Diversity. They did a big piece of research on that, and they found that um, you can literally make more money. And I think off the top of my head i can't remember the exact number but it's in the billions that could be yeah. added to the uk economy by simply by doing that and to say it sounds so easy yet here we are having this discussion yeah. uh, and things don't seem to be moving uh, as quickly as i and i'm sure many others uh, from minority backgrounds would would not like to see or, you know would like to see it move faster essentially yeah, definitely. And I think that maybe one of the issues that we are seeing, um, particularly in, in digital marketing, is that when we mention diversity and inclusion, companies can feel like it's a personal attack on them, you know, that we're specifically criticizing them. But we can't take these things personally, because if we do, then we won't make any changes. And, you know, when when we're seeing people um, do these podcasts, do these blogs, um, even LinkedIn posts, 
we have to remove ourselves from from taking it personally and see it as a bigger picture because that's what we all need to do is to work together to achieve this kind of bigger goal that we've got yeah um so you've just mentioned that um that for some minority um people in our industry that the progress is slower than we would like to see um, can you kind of talk a little bit about some of the progress that we have seen to date and some of the, the, the kind of initiatives that we are seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, to, to, uh, to clarify my early comment or to give mm-hmm. it a bit more context, when I say progress has been a little bit slower than what we would like, again, I think that's born out of the frustration yeah. that I... And, and certainly, although I won't speak for many other of my peers, hopefully including yourself from mm-hmm. a minority cultural background, have experienced years and years of this sort of stuff. But now there's so much of a spotlight on it. I think, personally speaking, I would love to see progress become faster and mm-hmm. things progress faster. However, part of that is on me, some of the work that I need to do within myself to understand that these types of habits and behaviours have been formed over many years and they will likely take many years to change. Mm-hmm. That's that. Let's just park that for a minute. In terms of things that have been um, progress that has been made today, um, since th- the pandemic, um, which a horrible thing has happened and it is still happening, conferences, for example, marketing conferences have all moved online. Um Many of them have taken taken advantage is the wrong phrase to say, but many of them have taken the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to diversify their speaker set. So many of the in-person conferences, and when I talk about conferences, even on my blog or anything else, I never name them because it's just an equivalent of digital finger pointing. And I don't think it achieves anything if we say, oh, conference X, you're not good. I'd rather have a more sort of constructive discussion with them privately and say, look, I think you need to address this. Back to my point, sorry. Many conferences have gone online um, and they have sort of diversified their their speaker sets because naturally I would imagine you are not paying a huge amount as a conference organiser to hire out a room. You don't have to worry about the electricity, catering, uh, conference staff, et cetera, et cetera. Then you've got more finances and more time to think about right okay i can now talk to a global audience because we just need anybody with an internet connection and a, and a good device mm-hmm. but equally there's, there's a massive number of people speakers um who are there ready to to deliver sort of yeah. talks um and the ones that i've spoken to again i'm not speaking for them all but the ones that i've spoken to um sometimes are just a bit sort of beaten down by the fact that, oh, you know, this conference would never pick me because they always have person X, Y, and Z, or just don't bother pitching. But I've got this great talk about this huge migration that I did, and the results skyrocketed. So it's sort of six and one and half a dozen of the other. But in terms of positive progress, that is one. I think certain companies are now starting to, to take note and understand that this is really a big issue that's not going to go away and I think that there are companies who recognize that look part we are part of the problem here by having a like you know entirely white staff or entirely white male staff we represent who we are trying to speak to so mm-hmm. they are putting out um sort of documents and statements to say look here is our um 
what's the word? Here's our diversity report, our our staff makeup, and it, it's it's going to be bad because essentially they're the ones that I'm referring to are literally made up of largely or entirely white people. So they will okay. say well, our staff is 94% uh, white male. We've got 6% white women. Um, there are no minority ethnic members of staff here. There are no sort of people of color here. Our target, I don't like the word target, but we can talk about that later on, but our aim is to achieve a certain amount of diversity at every level by this year. So not only they're public by addressing their their failures in um, having a diverse set of staff, but they're also publicly committing to be better. And the wonderful thing about the internet is that anybody can now hold that company to account in three, four, five years' time to say, in 2020 or 2021, you said this, and this is where you are. The numbers either don't add up because things you haven't hired enough people or on a positive note, you've absolutely blown those numbers out of the water because they are conservative estimates and you have hopefully made more money and seen the benefits of having a more culturally diverse workforce for sure. Okay, perfect. Um, there was a lot of really great points in there. And I think that um, you are someone who is recognizing the good work that has been done thus far as well as the frustrations and the and the, the improvements we still need to make and I think that that's really important um do you have any examples um any examples of conferences any examples of kind of companies that you've seen that are really positive um inspirations or that are doing really great things I think one like I, for example, um, have had a few conferences and uh, opportunities where people have reached out to me directly and said, we're doing this conference, we've got the speaking opportunity, would you like to, um, to get involved? You know, we'd really love to have you. And I think that when we see that, when we see these conferences reaching out directly to people from minority backgrounds, that is something that's really exciting. It kind of shows that we're seeing some, some movement yeah, absolutely. And before I uh, mention some good examples, let me just add a plus one to that. I think having seen some of your talks before, you're absolutely brilliant. And if there's anybody Thank listening to this who is thinking about having uh, a diverse set of speakers at their event, I think they should look no further than yourself because some of the talks I've seen you do really inspire, really engaging, and you genuinely leave with a head full of knowledge and think, you know what? This, this has been brilliant. So if you're listening to this and, and want a, a new speaker, definitely talk to Saf because she's brilliant. You can Thank you. <laughs> you got my inspiration from you on that. <laughs> um, in terms of positive examples, this is one I've come across recently. In terms of conferences, I never sort of name names because I don't want to put one out there yeah. and you know attract attention to them for whether it be for positive or negative. In terms of companies, though, um, I used to regularly reference Snap. Uh, they put out their sort of diversity, equality, and inclusion report. Although I can't remember what happened at the time, but they sort of released it at a very awkward hour of the day for us, and there was a big piece of news that came out at the same time, so it sort of flew under the radar. But they put their report out there for anybody to see, and I'd urge anybody to go and look at it because they really break down um, their makeup of their company. 
However, very recently, I think it was just last week, um, I've been using the Adobe platform and I was just wandering through their help section on the website and I sidetracked for a second because they had a whole section, an entire section related to diversity, equality and inclusion. And I had a, a read of their report and to say thorough is a complete understatement. I have to say of all the ones that I've seen, hands down, it's the best example of a diversity, quality and inclusion report team because it's broken down to such a very specific level. I was scrolling through this thinking, okay, so I wonder how many black females work in this division. Boom, I can be able to find that report out. And equally, they've talked about the, the number of commitments they've made in the past year or few years, not necessarily or not always financial commitments oh we donated 20 million to this but genuine commitments to their own workforce um, and to the public essentially saying this is us we are sort of laying ourselves out here in public for everybody to see and this is where we'll get to things aren't perfect I'm, I'm absolutely not sitting here saying um, they're a perfect shining light of a company they're the north star that we should all aspire to but in terms of report and the detail of re the report that they have put out there I would definitely urge people to read it because I completely forgot about the help that I needed at the time with the Adobe platform. I was sat reading through this thinking, wow, this is this is really something. Um, and I don't even think I finished it because it was that long. I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, definitely good bedtime reading for sure. <laughs> That's really interesting. I'll definitely take a look myself and I would like listeners to do the same. Would you... Would you recommend then that when companies are looking into their kind of initiatives that a report is something that they look to implement too? Uh, yes, absolutely, 100%. However, there are companies that are putting out reports that don't really scratch the surface. Like yeah. My example I mentioned earlier, with, with 80% um, white male, 20% white female, that's it. I think mm -hmm. if you're trying to do something, you should absolutely look to do it properly um, and not just say, this is our makeup of gender. Because an example, it's probably a tired one, but an example that I always refer to is that there is always one point of the year here. And as I'm sure someone like yourself who's got the finger on the pulse with everything that's happening in the news, you'll recall that at one point in the year, it's sort of work for free day at this point of the year now women are effectively working for free for the rest of the year because they're not paid the same as men so that's one fact we know that a separate fact is we know that black people for example black men black women they are paid less than their white counterparts so one sort of pushback that i say is right what if you're a black woman for example so now you know as a female you're being paid less than your male counterparts but also as a black individual you know you've been paid even less how much do you feel if you identify as a black woman mm -hmm. so the reason why i think companies should be detailed in that aspect is to say and just lay it out there like i said it's going to be painful and it, and it will be difficult to put out there and you will open yourself up to a lot of um comments let's say but the only way to sort of progress is to put yourself out there and go through that initial bit of pain and give people the facts and essentially the more honest and genuine you are with that report the more people will see the values that you are trying to aspire to and try to bring out i think the best way i can describe it is if there are two documents in front of you and one of them says company a is 60 percent white 40 percent uh, non-white that's actually pretty good numbers 60 percent uh, white male um 
20% white female, and then the rest made up of multiple different people from cultural backgrounds. That is a good report, fine, happy with that. But if they break it down and say, in our boardroom, we are X percent white male, X percent black male, people from all different break, uh, cultural um, backgrounds broken down at every level, you, you then start to get a picture of what that boardroom looks like. There are companies out there who say, oh, we are... 20%, 20% of our workforce is made up from people from minor, minority ethnic or cultural backgrounds. Right, great. When you look at where they are in terms of on the corporate ladder mm -hmm. or the company hierarchy, they're all at the bottom. I do understand the pushback to that is you have to start somewhere, right? But my pushback to that pushback is, are you absolutely certain that there is nobody out there right now, uh, an Asian CEO or a black mm -hmm. CEO, or a black founder of a company making multi-million pounds or dollars. How did they get there? They didn't just wake up one day and think, right, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to clean the office table one day. And the next day, I think, oh, I'm going to become a CEO. They had to get there at some point. Yeah. And there's going to be hundreds, lots of people. I can't even put a number on it. There will be a huge amount of people ready to fill in that gap and sit at the table so I think the onus is on the companies to make sure that their practices are reaching out to those particular people and, yeah. and not um, making them feel like they're not speaking to them and not like sort of not including them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, it's so important for people from underrepresented backgrounds to be able to see the the opportunity that they might have to to get into a leadership role, and we need to see ourselves represented in those in those high positions because otherwise you know we can't we won't have something to aspire to it's really difficult for us to see ourselves in those positions um and i think that maybe if you're not from a minority background it might be a little bit more difficult to understand why you can't see yourself in that position just because that person doesn't look like you um but it's it's really valid and I think that if you are a company who doesn't necessarily have a very diverse um, leadership panel, what are you doing for those people in, in other positions who are from minority backgrounds? Do you have them enrolled in leadership courses? You know, are you clearly laying out those career paths? How can you help them to see that they can progress, even though right now you don't have anyone in those leadership roles? Um, you know, just because we might not have um, anyone employed in a leadership role right now doesn't mean there aren't other steps that we can take. And I think that's really important to know. There's there's so many different ways that we can kind of look to tackle this. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, amazing. Well, what, what would be really useful for you, to hear from you, I think, is maybe some some things that you'd like to see more of in the industry, um, you know, if companies haven't yet put any like initiatives in place, or if they are looking to make some improvements, what are the main things that you would suggest to them for where they can start? Yeah, I think during our discussion, I've dotted around a few. Yeah. Excuse me, I've dotted around a few things that I think uh, the industry needs to, to to sort of look at and we'll we'll start from where we just were in terms of jobs um i don't think it's enough for companies to say we are looking for candidates from a diverse range of, of backgrounds mm -hmm. my old two pence on that is you might as well stick laura mipsum or just bash your keyboard and, and put stuff in there because certainly if i was looking at a job posting and see that i would just think well pff, it's nothing um 
I think companies need to make a conscious effort to really speak to people uh, in their job listings, of course, speak to people from these minority ethnic backgrounds and say, look, you're exactly the type of people we would like to encourage to apply for this role. Um, as an aside, every company should include the salary uh, in job descriptions for sure. Uh, the word competitive is is nonsense. I understand the reasons why companies do that. Um, but when we're talking specifically about attracting people from a wide range of backgrounds, I think that needs to be there. Yeah. We talked about conferences. I think conferences need to continue to, to diversify their lineups beyond COVID once things sort of go back to some sort of normality. I think conferences should commit to having a certain amount of new speakers and a certain amount of new speakers from sort of minority ethnic or cultural backgrounds for sure. Um, I have done work, I don't like the word mentor, but I've worked with people who don't have that level of confidence and really want to get out there. And there are people out there who are aching to, to share their knowledge, so speak to them. On conferences, you should pay your speakers. If people are paying for a ticket, you should pay your speakers 100%. Again, full disclosure, I don't know the logistics, like I said, food, electricity, stuff. Mm-hmm. But if, you pay, if you're asking people to pay, let's say, £500 for a virtual conference and you're getting a certain number of attendees, somebody's pockets are being filled uh, and it's absolutely not going to be the people of colour. <laughs> That's all I'll say on that one. Um, speaking of fill, filling pockets, I think, like I said, there needs to be some sort of wage parity or wage or equity schemes to ensure that not only are uh, women paid the same as men, but also people of colour and people from minority ethnic cultural backgrounds are paid the same as their white counterparts. That's that. We talked about releasing your public um, diversity information for want of a better uh, phrase. Go through that pain uh, because that is hugely, hugely important. And again, the more genuine you are with that message, the more people will will see through that. Um, sorry, not see through that. The more people will see that you are being genuine and understand where you're coming from. The big one for me, absolutely huge one, which I will die on this hill, is that, um, and this is an interesting one for me to say because very recently I've noticed that, um, especially with the upcoming talk I'm giving at Brighton SEO about this particular topic. Lots of uh, company CEOs and founders have reached out to me or started to follow me on Twitter. and We're having conversations about things like this. But I'm going to die on this hill and say that every bonus that senior leadership teams take needs to mm-hmm. be directly tied to their diversity and inclusion initiatives. I don't think any person in a leadership position right now unless they have a specific amount of diversity in their workforce should be taking any bonuses and i think that's the best way to engage with your your feet on the ground your staff at every level if i'm uh someone from my cultural background if i'm at the lowest level of a company and i've seen that my boss stereotypically a white man is taking home x amount of bonus yet they've committed to becoming more diverse the two don't don't add up for me so i think that these things need to happen to ensure that people are being paid fairly. Um, and if people are not being paid fairly, then equally the leadership should not be taking a bonus home. If I am Joe Bloggs, the founder of a company, and I've said I'm committing to this, if I haven't committed to it, if I haven't achieved what I said I was going to achieve, I shouldn't be taking a bonus for that. Absolutely. That's a really interesting point. Um, did You said that you're going to be speaking more about that in your Brighton SEO talk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so last year I ran a survey, uh, anonymous survey, mm-hmm. which was about a Brighton SEO where I got 
feelings uh, and thoughts from people about how they felt, what it was like to be a person of colour in this industry um, and how things were for them. Then the pandemic happened. So I re-ran the survey this year um, and I've got the results and there are some some really interesting results. I won't share the results just yet. I'll leave that as an exclusive. But for an exclusive for yourself, I can tell you that some of the things that people have said anonymously are not are not very pleasing to hear. So mm-hmm. for example, one of the things that somebody shared with me anonymously was that they attended a webinar where somebody said marketing addresses diversity by putting a black person on a brochure rather than actually dealing with the harder stuff. Uh, Somebody else said we are often underrepresented in senior roles, like we said, despite being the better candidates. Uh, BAME people have to work twice as hard to get the same recognition. And there's lots more like that. So I definitely um, urge you to check it out. But there are some really... Uh, powerful and emotive things things that for me when I was creating my presentation uh, was tough for me as somebody who is part of you know identifying as a person of colour tough for me to read and I'm hoping that when people see this talk it'll be tough for them to take because the concept of pain is something that I talk about a lot Um, and I think one of the things that I will mention I said I wasn't going to give you an exclusive and now (laughs) now here I am (laughs) One of the things that I will mention that I feel really strongly about is that to become a better ally or or, uh, person of support to support people of colour, it's not a switch you can just turn on. So you can't wake up on a Saturday and think, oh, today's Black Pound Day. I'm going to go and buy something from a black owned business, spend five pound there, come home and think, well, you know, that's my support done for the day. It doesn't work like that because people of colour, in that example, black people, don't just go through five minutes of, of pain in every aspect. They've been through years and years of pain. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about pain, I need to talk, I, I, when I mean pain, I talk about things like that. So you can't just turn on your support. I understand your intentions might be right, but if you magnify that feeling of, you know, I've just spent five pounds at a black owned business, I feel great, times that by a thousand, and that is probably just about scratching the surface of where I think people should be. One of the other things, that, again, personal opinion feel free to disagree with I think when I talk about pain specifically I think in some aspects if you're a white person listen to this and you've just been offered a pay rise turn it down and the reason why I say turn it down is because if in your business imagine you're all in the office you look around you've got a black colleague or an Asian colleague they're probably being paid less than you so you should turn around and say well Joe Bloggs or Jane Bloggs is being paid less than me and I think this or unless you can confirm to me that we are on an equal pay level and you are rewarding me for the work that I've done, then take it. Um, and then the last thing about paying, certainly from American point of view, when I speak to people in America, is that um, more often than not, we could do a whole other, you know, we could talk about this for hours, but in terms of like pain and, and like police brutality, for example, you have to go through that pain. Instead of pulling out your phone and recording somebody, go through the actual physical pain and, and support them. If you see somebody in distress, mm. I talk about pain, I talk about pain at every level, and I mean support them. So not just a five pound here or a pay rise here and there or actual physical pain, because on the other side of that pain is a much, much better world, and it can only improve if everybody rows in the same direction, essentially. So that's why I feel really strongly about that. 
Thank you so much for sharing and thank you for the exclusives too. <laughs> I think that you've, you've made some really interesting points there. Um, I really agree with you um, when you said that, you know, you can't just do, you can't just spend five pounds and then call it a day. And I think that that really applies to the initiatives that companies put in place as well. You can't just create the report and then upload it and then say, oh, well, we've done that now. Good job, everyone. Um, it's the steps afterwards that are the most important. And I think that companies ensuring and people ensuring that they have a plan in place and they're really sticking to that plan. They've got someone in their company, a team of people who are working constantly to um, to make sure that these, these act actionable points are actually being actioned. Um, and that's the only way, like you said, that we're all going to see this change is kind of constantly rowing in the same direction not rowing for five minutes and then calling it a day yeah it's my effort done for the day <laughs> rowing is tiring <laughs> um amazing but thank you so much azim and um, this has been so insightful and we really really appreciate um you taking the time to discuss your thoughts with us um, well, thank you very much if our listeners want to get in touch with you, um, how, what's the best way that they can reach you? Uh, I absolutely detest LinkedIn, but I am on there. Uh, mm -hmm. so feel free to search me as Ahmad, Ahmad, uh, A-H-M-A-D. Uh, you are more likely to find me on Twitter, and it's uh, at Azim Digital. Uh, or my website is just IamAzimDigital.com, um, but you can find that from my Twitter. But in terms of having... Uh, an active discussion with me it's probably twitter is the best place to to find me for sure perfect and they can also catch you at your brighton seo talk yes it is going to be depending on when this is released it's going to be i believe 22nd of july at 12 20 uh absolutely free to sign up if you watch it on the day but i'd strongly encourage people to get a replay ticket because there's just so much good content happening at the same time that i will absolutely be coming back to it and watching it over again but yeah i'd, I'd strongly recommend coming because there's going to be some really tough things that i'll be discussing as long as they approve the recording <laughs> <laughs> um but it's this subject is not designed to be a comfortable listen um and yeah. speaking about the subject massive massive um hats off and a thank you to impression and yourself for making this happen i think things like this really show that there is positive and progress being made throughout the industry and, and long may this continue for sure um, and if you disagree with anything that i said that's absolutely fine let's have a discussion about it rather than saying oh you were wrong but yeah thanks very much amazing thank you and thank you for being our first guest speaker on our representation in tech podcast and um, thank you to our listeners if you do want to speak on our podcast in the future you can get in touch with polly at polly.astill at impression.co.uk thank you so much